Amen. I like the atmosphere that I feel in this place, and I think it is uh, appropriate and conducive for the message I believe that God has for us today. And uh, I want to just warn you ahead of time that my intention is to wage war. I in- this, is, this is a militant message, and I believe that God is going to break some strongholds today. Some, some strongholds, some things that have been just kind of there that have not budged and that, that you've been wrestling with and you've been fighting with, and God is wanting to break some strongholds today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms chapter 121, and uh, we will be reading verses 1 through 8. We'll be reading the entire psalm. It's a passage that I'm sure all of you are familiar with, and I believe that the Lord has a word for us today. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Praise God. I'm telling you guys, going to do something here. I don't know what exactly, but he, he's going to do something today. So I hope you came ready. Psalm 121 simply says this. I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I want to read verse 1 and 2 again because from there I'll be primarily taking my thought, which simply says this, that I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Today I want to preach to a message simply entitled, My Help Comes from the Lord. And I know that doesn't necessarily mean that much to you right now, but I believe it will later. But I'm, the Lord is here to help somebody. That, that you're at your wit's end, you're drowning, you're, you're, you're suffocating, and the Holy Spirit is here to bring help. He wants to bring help to those that are grieving, to those that are suffering. He wants to alleviate their pain and to liberate them from the bondage that Satan has put them in. And I believe by the help of the Holy Ghost, somebody's getting delivered today. We're, we're going to enter into prayer. And like I said, we're going to be waging war. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, for, the, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. Today we are going to wage war. And today we are going to tear down strongholds. But we're not going to be doing it in the flesh. We're going to be warring in the spirit. And I'm going to need your help today. But I'm going to be relying primarily on my help which comes from the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you right now. We bless you. We thank you for your word, O God. You said in your word that he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Even now, God, I deplore your word. I deplore the very finger of God, even to thrust out the very presence of darkness, uh, to thrust out every demonic thing that has creeped within the church, uh, that has assigned itself to make havoc of the church and to hamper the efforts of the church. Uh, I declare in the name of Jesus, uh, war against you. I stand steadfastly against you. The body of Christ is an array against you, Satan. Uh, 
We uproot you by the very power and the finger of God. I command in the name of Jesus every demonic stronghold to be broken, to be shattered, to be annihilated, to be destroyed, to be grounded to powder, to be extricated, to be removed hence from yonder place and be cast in the lake of fire from whence it came. I say in the name of Jesus, let the spirit of liberation, the spirit of deliverance take hold in this place and set the captive free in the name of Jesus. I command release in Jesus name for those that are bound and Satan's unconditional surrender in the name of Jesus. I command it right now in Jesus name. Father, we thank you that the victory is already ours. We give you all the praise and the glory and in Jesus name, somebody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. From the beginning of creation, mankind was made to have dominion over the earth. It's edict that the edict that was given to it by God was to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth, to subdue it, to have dominion. That mankind was created in the creative order to be the highest being other than God and that the, the angels were ministering servants to help and to assist them. It's this position was one of prominence, giving it access to commune and to fellowship with God himself. However, humanity fell into the pit of sin and lost its autonomy. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3 verse 23 for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God that man who was once a in the image of God fully as being sons of God that mankind humanity lost that position of prominence lost dominion over the earth lost dominion and even control over itself over its desires and over all of its lusts And from that time forward, man has sought to gain, to regain its elevated position by constructing devices and schemes to reestablish itself in this position of being high, this position of prominence, this position of dominion and authority. We read in Genesis chapter 11 verse 4 that after the flood of Noah that mankind began to repopulate the earth and they began to construct devices in order to reach up into the heavens. Genesis 11 verse 4 says, and they said go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make a name let us make make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth that man wanted to be high he wanted to be in a position of prominence and power and he wanted to even uh, invade the heavens themselves by constructing devices and schemes and plans to get up into the heavenly realm. However, man knew that it couldn't do it on its own, so it enlisted the aid of false gods and false deities to upper, to basically promote itself into these uh, different realms. They would get their assistance by meeting these false gods, these angelic fallen beings in places called the high places. In 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 22, the Bible gives an assessment of the, the, the morality, the moral state of the nation of Judah. And look what it says here in 1 Kings 14, verse number 22. And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they had committed above all that their fathers had done. For they also built them high places, and images, and groves on every high hill, and under every green 
green tree. Now, high places could be artificially constructed. There were there could be an artificially constructed platform, a hill, a mountain, which had an altar that was built upon it. And from these high places, they made contact with the heavenly beings, the fallen angels and demons and spirits in order to bolster their power. They would worship these fallen gods in order to have their crops blessed, to have their businesses blessed, to have their livelihoods blessed because they wanted to be in a position of influence and a position of power. The, the Bible says in Second Chronicles chapter 28 verse 24 that King Ahaz he he multiplied these high places. He encouraged that these high places were to be built. And Ahaz gathered together the vessels of the house of God and cut in pieces the vessels of the house of God and shut up the doors of the house of the Lord. And he made him altars in every corner of Jerusalem and in, in every several city of Judah he made high places to burn incense unto other gods. Now, archaeologists in Israel have examined some of these high places. They went and looked at the altars and they found organic residue that was on these altars. And when they analyzed the residue that was on the altars, the things that they burned unto these uh, these deities at these high places, one of them was frankincense, but the other was cannabis. They burned cannabis. And according to the archaeologists, they said that the cannabis was used to alter their mental state so that they could be more sensitive to, to contacting and communicating these beings. They literally were high places. They celebrated 420 every day. They got high at the high places. Because they altered their mental state to see things that they couldn't normally see. And it allowed them to contact these heavenly beings. They were in high places. These high places were such a big issue that an entire, a king's entire administration could be judged good or bad based upon how he dealt with the high places. In 2 Kings 12 2, King, talking about King Jehoash, it says, and Jehoash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. He was a good king that served God. All his days when Jehoiada the priest instructed him, but the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burnt incense in the high places. In 2 Kings 14.3, his son also, he did what was right in the Lord. It says in 2 Kings 14.3, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, yet not like David his father. He did according to all things as Joash his father did. Howbeit the high places were not taken away, as yet the people did sacrifice and burnt incense on the high places. So these high places were always there and they were a thorn in the flesh. They were the bane of Israel's and Judah's existence that was causing moral decay in the nation and eventually led it to its complete annihilation when the Babylonians came in and the Assyrians came in. Humanity had found friends in high places whom they used to elevate themselves and to get help and aid in their times of need. Little did they know that the gods that they were serving were fallen like they were and were using their devotion as a means to bolster themselves. In Isaiah 14 verse 12, the Bible describing Satan says, how art thou fallen, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down, uh, uh, to cut to the ground, which has weakened the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend because Satan is fallen as well. Satan is not in the position he wants to be and his whole scheme is to ascend. 
Now look at this. He says, I will ascend. The Hebrew word for ascend is Allah. To ascend was to Allah. What is going on in Israel right now? There's this group called Hamas who is trying to take over the land, who's trying to, Allah, trying to ascend and wage jihad against the nation of Israel. Satan said, I will, Allah, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will Allah, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Satan's whole gimmick, his whole purpose and intention is to reach a level of prominence to get high, to ascend. And he's duped mankind into thinking that if you serve me, I will also promote you and elevate you. When actually Satan is dragging your soul down to hell as you enlist his aid this is why the bible describes the war that we fight that it's waged in high places ephesians 6 verse 12 says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places whenever you're coming up against the wall and you're not getting anywhere you're fighting a high place something that has erected itself as a barrier as a bastion to resist to subvert and to thwart the very will of God and that's why God commanded the children of Israel when they first came into the promised land to tear down their high places now Ephesians 2 verse 2 says this we're in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The reason why our children are so rebellious and so crazy and all out of pocket is because they are being uh, influenced by the spirit of disobedience, by the prince of the power of the air. And it all is generated from these high places. Now, with that understanding, I want to give some backdrop now further to the main text that we read, which was in Psalm 121. Psalm 121 is a collection of songs, 15 psalms. From Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, they're a collection of songs. And if you look at your Bible, you will see the description of what type of songs they were. They were called songs of degrees. The Hebrew word there for degrees is ma'alah, which means a step or a stair, or it means to go up, to ascend. These songs were sung specifically whenever the children of Israel had to go to Jerusalem to the temple. They would go there for the three main feasts or festivals that were celebrated in the nation of Israel. And so you would travel, you would sing these songs. As you were coming to church, you had your music on, your soundtrack on to get you ready to come to the house of the Lord. These were the songs that were sung when people were going to the house of the Lord. The reason why there are 15, some biblical scholars say, it represents the 15 steps that you had to climb whenever you were going into the temple itself. So each song was something that was, was basically means that it was about a journey of going upwards. You sung this song when you were trying to go up to the house of the Lord to go worship him and to sacrifice to him. The reason why they had to go up is because the city of Jerusalem was built on an elevated plateau or a mountain and it's even surrounded by mountains. Psalm 125 verse 1, a song of degree or a song of ascent says this. 
Yes. Psalm 125 verse 1. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. So again, these were the songs. When you were trying to go up, you would sing these Songs, songs of degrees, songs that were taking me somewhere, songs that were taking me to the house of the Lord. Now, the reason why you would sing these songs is because during the journey, you would face many dangers, such as thieves or bandits. For example, the story of the Good Samaritan who was traveling from Jericho to Jerusalem, and he was attacked by thieves and bandits and left for dead. You face thieves and bandits as one source of danger. You also had to contend with the wild beasts of the field. Lions and when bears and wolves could assault you and attack you as you were journeying to the house of the Lord. And then thirdly also, you had to deal with all the high places that were all over the nation of Israel. Because if you remember, I read to you earlier that the kings of Judah, they erected high places on every hill, under every tree. And so there was idolatrous devil worship that you were surrounded by when you were trying to get to the house of God. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you had to face some devils this week just to get here. You had wild beasts of the field and lions and bears that were trying to attack you. Bills that were trying to attack you. Bill collectors that were trying to find you. Problems and troubles, uh, depressions and calamity from ev- on every hand trying to stop you and stay you and prevent you from making it to the house of the Lord. So what, on your way there to keep your sanity and to the enlist the aid of the God that you serve, you would start opening up your mouth and start singing these songs. A song of degree, another song of degree, Psalm 124, verse number two. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick with their, when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. If it had not been for the Lord, I would not have made it to the house of God. If it had not been for his mercy, which fails not, his compassions, they fail not, they're new every morning. I don't know where I would be if it had not been for the Lord. When men rose up against us, they would have overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Why? Because I'm on a journey to go up to see Jesus and the devil swung everything at me to try and destroy me. So I need some help to get me to the house of the Lord. This then brings us to our main text. In Psalm 121, a song of degree. These were stairs. They represented stairs that you stood on to climb up, to go up into the atmosphere, to go see God, to worship him in spirit and in truth. Psalm 121 says this, that I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. So when the psalmist opens his song, he says that he's lifting up his eyes to the hills. And although the King James Version translates this state, this is a statement, it's actually a question. It says, I will lift up my eyes from where comes my help? Where's my help coming from? He's saying, I see right now the house of God. I see the city of God and I'm trying to get there. Where is my help coming from? The reason being he's making this statement also is because the writer is trying to make the distinction that the hills I'm looking at is not a high place that the heathen worship. But the hill I'm looking at comes from Elyon, the most high God. 
So then he says in the next verse, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth my help that sustains me and keeps me from the beasts of the field and the thieves and the bandits who would try to destroy me my help that protects me from the devil who is trying to steal and kill and destroy my help comes from the Lord and as I sing these songs I start to get happy and not only does my body get lifted up as I'm going up yonder but my spirit gets up higher too He said, I'm looking where my help comes from. That's where my God is. He's in the hill in Jerusalem. That's where my help comes from. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 that if ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Stop looking down. Stop looking horizontally. Stop looking at your job That's going to try and get you out of your financial crisis Stop looking at the hospitals or the doctors That's going to get you out of your sickness But I will lift up my eyes Unto the hills From where my help comes from If you're risen with Christ Then why are you looking downward You should be looking heavenward I'll tell you why Reason why is because we're not dead. You're not dead. You've not, we've not died out to the flesh. He says, for you are dead. And your life is here with Christ. When someone is dead and we bury them, we lay them on their back. A dead person's always looking up. When we die out to the flesh and we become dead to sin, your life is hid in Christ. Hid with Christ in God because I'm looking up. I'm dead to myself and I'm alive to Jesus. The Hebrew word for help in the text that I just read is Azer. It literally means to be helped, to find aid, to find security. We see this word being used to describe the aid that would come to you whenever you were in danger. Psalm 20 verse 1 says this. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee Azar. Send thee help from the sanctuary. And strengthen thee out of Zion. The reason why God has allowed you to come here has pulled you here. Because he wants you to get some help. There is some help that is here. That's going to come out of the sanctuary. That is going to cause the deliverance and calls restitution and restoration another song of degree a song you would sing as you were ascending psalm 124 verse number six says this blessed be the lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers the snare is broken and we are escaped our azer our help is in the name of the lord who made heaven and earth matter of fact proverbs chapter 18 verse 10 says that the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous runneth into it and is safe the bible says in Psalm 46, one that God is our refuge and strength, a present help in trouble. I need some help. 
the help that God provides doesn't waver, nor does it require rest, and it protects us from the harsh elements of the environment. My main text here, Psalm 121 verse 3 says that he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day or nor the moon by night. It says that when the Lord helps me, he protects me from the heat that comes during the daytime, but he also wraps me in his arms and protects me from the cold of night. He helps me. He leads me. He guides me. He directs me and makes my footing sure that I might be able to reach his tabernacle. God protects us from not only the natural, but the spiritual as he takes us up higher to his house. Psalm 121 verse 7 says, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even for evermore that my help protects me from the enemy. He guards me and directs me. For the Bible says in Psalm 91 verse 10 that he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways lest I fall and dash thy foot against a stone. God sends me help in the time of need. Now, with that as understanding, I want to bring this back now back to these high places because the high places had several functions. One of them was to prevent people from going to the house of God to get help. In 1 Kings chapter 12 verse 28 talking about Jeroboam, look what he says here. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Right? Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he set the one in Bethel, and the other put he unto Dan. And he made an house of high places, and made priests of the lowest of the people, which were not of the sons of Levi. The devil will get you to try and invest in everything else but God to look for your help. He'll get you to look at your strength. He'll get you to look at whatever looks attractive and looks alluring, so that it's, it's too much to go to church. It's too much. It's too much trouble to get out of that warm bed and put your shoes on and get out of the shower and get dressed. Why don't you just sleep in? It's too much to go up to the house of God. Why don't you just turn on the television and watch Netflix and see what game is on or something? Why don't you look at these high places that will get you to forget about your troubles and that will get you to think that you're blessed and make you think that you're successful? Why don't you look at your, your career or look at your, your accolades and look at your abilities and look at your intelligence and look who you're married to or look what car you drive or what house you live in. Look at all these things that will make you successful. It's too much trouble to live holy. It's too much trouble to go up in the in Christ. It's too much to pray, too much to fast, too much to read the word. The fact of the matter is that to truly ascend, to get to the place of prominence that we once had before we fell, we need God's help. We need God's help. We cannot do it on our own. High places were designed to elevate the flesh and stroke the ego. And it's, it was designed to elevate the desires to create a God that looked like ourselves and, would, and tell us whatever we wanted to hear. That's what they were designed to do so. They are based on pride and self-promotion. But when you go to the hill of the Lord, you can't just go there with that type of attitude. 
Psalm 24 verse 3 says this. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity. Nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord. And righteousness from the God of of his salvation. These high places were places you could elevate yourself. Get high. Right? To elevate yourself. And God said you can't come up into this place. When you've lifted up your soul unto vanity, when you have an ego and you have pride, you cannot come into my house with with ego and humility, with arrogance and pride. Now, with that as a background, now that we understand that our help comes from the Lord, I want to explain to you how our help comes and why the sanctuary was the place where you went to to get help. To understand this, we need to go to 1 Chronicles 21, verse 26. 1 Chronicles 21, verse 26. David had made a big mistake. A huge mistake. And God had sent a plague upon Israel that was killing the entire nation. And God told David, if you want this thing to stop, to stop the death that's happening right now, then you're going to have to make a sacrifice to me. And God tells him, I want you to go find Ornan, who has a threshing floor. And I want you to go to the threshing floor and offer a sacrifice there. So David goes there. He purchases the the place and he builds an altar there. Verse 26 of 1 Samuel 21. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and called upon the Lord. And he answered him from heaven by fire upon the altar of burnt offering. And the Lord commanded the angel and he put up his sword again into the sheath thereof. And at that time when David saw that the Lord had answered him in the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite, then he sacrificed there. So this is a place where death was stopped, number one. And two, the fire of God came down. Now look at 2 Chronicles 3.1. 2 Chronicles 3.1. Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared unto David his father in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. The threshing floor was the place where the temple was built. The threshing floor, this location, Mount Moriah, was the same place that Abraham offered Isaac unto God. Now what's very interesting here, about threshing floors. Threshing floors were used to harvest wheat. The thing is you would gather the wheat and then you would take it to a threshing floor and you would lay out the straw and then you would thresh, which means to crush it and to break it. It would, and when you're doing this, when you're crushing and breaking it, it's shaking and it's causing the wheat kernel, the part that's edible, to get loose that's inside of the straw. Now I want you to see this for yourself. Sister Liz, if you can get that clip up real quick, the first clip. I want you to see what what happens at a threshing floor. There's two things that happen to get the wheat. Watch this clip real quick. So now he's threshing the grain. He has uh, an ox. Sometimes he uses a sled or a sledge. And as he's going on, he's crushing all of the wheat that's there. Then the second part that happens, after they crush the wheat, then they get a winnowing fork. They get like a pitchfork, and then they stick it inside of the wheat, and then they throw it up in the air. And as it gets thrown up in the air, what happens is, there's this part of the, of the see how it's thrown up in the air like that? 
He throws it up in the air. The reason why he's throwing it up in the air because there's a part that's on the wheat that you cannot eat. And you can't get it off through just threshing. It's called the chaff. The chaff is a husk that encapsulates the kernel of the wheat that you're trying to get. So what happens first, you thresh it to loosen it. And then you winnow it, you throw it up in the air. And the wind blows and it separates the wheat from the chaff. Just pause it right quick. I want you to see what, what this looks like. Play the second clip. I want you to see what it looks like when chaff is being separated from the wheat. In the second clip. So this is a picture of a farmer. He's using a fan instead of throwing, using a winnowing fork. Look at this. So that the wheat is heavy. It has substance. The chaff doesn't. So the wheat goes straight down into the bucket. While the chaff is blown away. Now what are you telling me, uh, Brother Chris? The reason why you got help from the temple... Because it was a threshing floor. Because even as the chaff covers you, you have enemies surrounding you like the chaff. The only way you can get the chaff of the enemies off of you, the demonic powers that are fighting you, is you've got to go to a threshing floor. At a threshing floor, that's where the wheat could get safety, could be removed from the chaff that's covering it. So it had to be crushed. Now, we think when God helps us, it's just going to be a nice blessing. But no, God is saying, I'm going to have to break some things inside of you. Pause it. At high places, there was no threshing floors that were there. There was no brokenness that was there. So you could go there and leave unchanged. The Bible says in Psalm 51 verse 17 that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite out, O God, thou will not despise. So even as the chaff is on me and fighting me, I need to go to the threshing floor. Psalm 35, verse 1. Psalm 35, verse 1 says this. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. I've got enemies that are surrounding me like chaff. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help. Draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my heart. Let them be as chaff before the wind. And let the angel of the Lord chase them out. So you would go to the house of the Lord if you were surrounded by the chaff. If you had chaff on you. You've got problems on you like chaff and you can't shake it loose. So God's saying, let me take you to the threshing floor where I, when you can repent and give your heart to me. Now here's what's interesting, folks. This whole message started off about getting high and going and being ascended, right? About climbing up, ascending. What's interesting here is what happens to the wheat is that before it gets, it has to be crushed and then it gets ascended. It gets thrown up into the air to get rid of the chaff. The thing is, if you want to get rid of the chaff, the problems that, that's in your life, you've got to humble yourself, allow God to break you, and then the Lord will lift you up. Psalm 1-4 says, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. So the thing is this, the enemy is chasing me. I go to the house of the Lord. I've got chaff all around me. So God says, oh, that's fine. Let me just... Psalm 68 verse 1 says, let the, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let go, let the wind of God blow and scatter. Scatter the chaff. 
that I'm surrounded by. It says the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. My help cometh from the Lord. I got two more verses. I'm about to get out your way. Matthew 3.10 says this. John the Baptist speaking. He says, and now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner. But he will burn up the chaff. With unquenchable fire. God is saying my people cannot have chaff anymore. They need to get free of the chaff. So I can bring them into my storehouse. So I can bring them into my safety. And so God is trying to say. I want to blow a Holy Spirit wind inside of here. That's going to blow off the chaff. Jesus said I believe in John 20 verse 22. It says that he blew on them and said. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that's able to deliver. It's the Holy Ghost that's able to set you free. When he blows and moves in your life. The chaff cannot hang on. The devil cannot touch you. The devil cannot hold you. When the wind of God begins to blow, my help comes from the Lord. I've got to get to the house of God where the wind of God is blowing. Blow off the chaff. Blow off the chaff. Remove anything. Be my shield and be my help. Let's stand. This altar call is going to be a bit different. I'm going to play a song, a specific song I want for altar call here. Before I do though, I want to read one more verse. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. I'm sure you've all heard this verse before. It's the story of when God made Eve for Adam. And look what it says here. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him an azer. The same word that's used to describe God being our help is the same word that's used to describe Eve for Adam. I'll make him an azer, a help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle unto the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an help meet, an azer for him. In this altar call, I'm going to call for my azer. My help. I want to say one thing before we get into this. We're about to do some warfare. The enemy, as I said earlier at the beginning of this message, has set up entrenchments and strongholds in this local assembly. And it has been preventing the body of Christ, the church at large, from progressing. There is a high place that we need to tear down in here. <laughs> I, I got to read this last one. I wasn't going to go there. I, I, I'm going to go here. Second Kings 16, verse 2. High places had other functions. Whenever you build a high place, there were always sacrifices that were given. 2 Kings 16, I'm sorry, not 2 Kings, Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 30. Jeremiah 7, verse 30. I want you to see this. 
Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 30. It says, For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, saith the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house which is called by my name to pollute it. And they have built the high places of Tophet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I commanded them not, neither came it into my heart. The purpose of the high places was to burn the children. To attack the children. To attack the youth. High places were used to sacrifice the children. So that the parents could get the blessing that they wanted. And this generation that we are living in. We have parents who are wholesale sacrificing their children. For selfish gain. Because they look at their needs as being more important than the needs of their children. We have a need in this church to minister to our children. And I'll be quite frank with you that the body of Christ has looked now that erected a high place of my needs above my own children. And the Lord has instructed me that we need to tear that joker down. The enemy has been attacking my help. And so I'm about to attack him. Now, for us to really utilize our threshing floor, the first thing we need to do is to be threshed. Which means you need to have a broken spirit. You need to have a heart of repentance. Because you're covered in chaff. And God is tired of it. And God wants to blow the chaff off of you. But he can't get it off you until you first get a repentant heart. And repent of your sins. And turn from your wicked ways and your selfishness. So what I want to do now is first, I want to lead this church in a prayer of repentance. I want us all to look to God and say, Lord, I cannot do this in my own strength. We've been trying to run this church in our own strength. And we've been hitting a wall. And now the Lord is saying, call out to me because I am your help. And so now I want this whole church in your own way. To get a broken spirit. God thresh me. God loosen the wheat. The goodness that you want in me to come out. Loosen. Thresh me. Crush me. God break me down. So that I can do your will. So that I can truly be free. You're covered in chaff and you want to be free. But you're not willing to change your ways. You're not willing to repent. You're not willing to give your heart over to God fully and completely. And no matter how many Holy Ghost services you're in, you still have chaff when you leave. Because you've not been threshed. So God is calling right now, all over this house. Father, we turn to you. God, remove our chaff. Thresh us. Crush us. God, break us. Whatever it is I'm holding on to, whatever high place I've been clinging to, God, tear it down. God, get rid of it. Right now in the name of Jesus. Let there be a crushing. Let the weight of God's glory begin to invade this house. And to crush God. Every arrogant, prideful, egotistical, selfish spirit that is in this place. It will not stand. We cast it down. Every imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God.
bringing the captivity, every thought, into the obedience of Christ. Somebody cry out to God. Somebody get a broken spirit. In the name of Jesus.